Hey everybody, this is Johnny Schiller. I'm the founder of Element Skateboards and the Heart Supply, and you're listening to another episode of Water Break. Today I join you guys to talk about the art of street skating and share the journey of being an East Coast kid as a street artist and a skate rat to creating a globally respected, iconic brand, Element. Later in the show, I'm going to share my passion for giving back to the community and the next generation of skateboarders. For more exciting sports content, you can continue listening to the Water Break podcast. So let's go on and get the show started. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Cavan and I'm here with my co-host Terrell Thorogood. What's up everybody? We want to welcome you to Water Break. Here on our show, we are going to have conversations with each other as well as with a variety of other guests who are just as involved and as passionate about sports as we are. From professional athletes to coaches to college players trying to make it big to the high school athlete trying to earn that scholarship and everyone in between. Whether you're a coach, player, or just a fan, we are here to have unique dialogue and perspectives on topics we have thought about, talked about, and are now excited to bring to you. So be sure to stick around, hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast app you're using right now, and get ready to relax and take a water break. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Water Break. We are so excited for today's episode and we're going to jump right into and introduce our guest so t why don't you intro uh who we got on the show today that drum roll just kidding there's no drum roll (laughs) (laughs) all right joining us today we have the founder of element one of the top skateboard brands in the world he started element in 1992 and nearly two decades later it surpassed 200 million dollars and uh in sales and it is over in over 100 countries and it is flagship stores all over the world new york London, um, in Australia. And uh, in 2018, Element merged with a private equity company to form the largest action sport conglomerate with annual sales estimated to be $2 billion. Today, our guest has shifted his focus now to inspiring and giving back to the next generation of skateboarders. He, along with his family, they started the Heart Supply, which provides skateboards to kids in need. He's an artist, an entrepreneur, a philanthropist, and he's our guest for today. Please welcome to the show, Johnny Schillerev. How's it going? <laughs> it's going good. I was like, is that, is he talking about me right now? Wow. I want to meet this guy. <laughs> How amazing is that just to have someone just like never, It's funny because with the Heart Supply, this is the first time I, I haven't thought about it. It's my first interview since the Heart Supply. So that's the first wow. time I've heard that. Really? Like, like that, that transition and from element now doing this that's the first time i've heard that out loud wow, we got to promote that yeah i, did, I hadn't even thought privilege. as you were saying it i was like whoa i haven't heard that before man i'm i am so pumped we have been communicating we've been communicating back and forth the past few days and even you know scheduling this and everything like that and your passion for skateboarding and just uh it has excited me like every time we've <laughs> talked so i'm super pumped about this today oh thank you I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Um, I, I, there's nothing I love in the world more than uh, my family and skateboarding. Well, let's it. jump Let's jump right into it here. Tell us a little bit for you growing up. Um, what, you know, were you interested in other sports or was it kind of skateboarding that captivated you right away? Was that kind of something that just took you away right away? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the first thing is, is that... Uh, People do ask me that question often, especially because my son started out and he played football and basketball mm. and, and many sports growing up, you know, when he got started. And when I was a kid, I, I grew up from a broken home 
and uh, didn't have a lot of uh, family around. And so I didn't really have the opportunity to be introduced to other sports. So I, I don't really recall being uh, th- having the ability to even play them. Hmm. Um, so uh, I, ha- I had no interest in other sports. I really wasn't um, around them. No one in my family. Well, my father played tennis, I suppose. But uh, no one really played sports. And it just wasn't part of my uh what I did. And, and I, I, I should mention my, my dad was in the military. Mm. So we moved, um, constantly. Yeah. Like, like every year I went to, um, uh, was, I want to say something like four, three or four elementary schools, four junior highs, four high schools. So I think that also kind of played into maybe looking back on it that I didn't get involved with too many things that where you had to be committed. So I never had interest in other sports. I never played another sport. Um, I mean, I've thrown, a, I've thrown, I know how to throw a ball. <laughs> My wife would tell you I don't, but uh, no, just skateboarding since I was like four years old. Wow. So does camp, does he get his athleticism as far as with a ball and, and his love for sports? Does that come from you as you've grown or maybe your wife or where does? A hundred percent my wife. Okay. Yeah. Um, without a doubt, I have had zero, zero uh, influence on him with other sports <laughs> at all. Uh, it's kind of funny because, um, when he played all the other sports, which I loved, um, I had no idea what was going on. We've actually never (laughs) talked about that. I I stand there and I'm like, I don't even know what is happening. I don't know the difference between a point, a score, a goal. Like I just like, don't know how anything is like, I didn't know how that, you know, how they keep, well, I know basketball, yeah. but, uh, with a football, I didn't realize that the score jumped like in fours. You know, I've never even watched it. So I, everything just can fouls. It's, it's six. So you still, <laughs> still, still exactly. <laughs> You're proving your point there. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I know camps, um, sports, which he's a great athlete. He is, man. um, is 100% from my wife. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, so, go so ahead. You dude. talked about, you know, growing up in a broken home, how much was skateboarding like an escape for you or, you know, from, from all of that? A hundred percent my escape. So, uh, I, I think, you know, something that I'm, I'm really, one of the reasons I'm such a, uh, ambassador for skateboarding, I suppose, is that because I did come from a broken home and I, I was like a, I guess like a latchkey kid. Is that what they call it? Yeah. A, a latchkey kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was just really no, uh, real parental sort of supervision and kind of, my sister and I, for the most part, raised ourselves the way to get out of the house and do anything because it didn't require a uniform. It didn't require a schedule. I didn't have to be driven to practice, you know, nothing like that. So it was my only way of having friends and, and being involved with the community. So it had everything to do with with uh, how much more I got engaged. Um, and then, you know, with, with skateboarding being a sport like that, the, if you love something, then there's no limit to how much you can practice. So a lot of kids don't want to go to practice, but if you skate and you really, really love it, I mean, I was practicing skateboarding 12 hours a day mm. yeah, because there was no time limit, right? Yeah. It's almost like kids with video games now. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, for real. Well, we, we talked a little bit about other sports and things, and, and it seems not a, I. I I've known you the past few years. You've gotten more intrigued with sports because of camp and stuff. But also, um, we talked about this earlier, your relationship with Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe talk a little bit to that and that relationship with the family and kind of what that has meant to you. But also how the principles that he's taught to 
everyone, but especially to you is having a relationship with him, how that translates to skateboarding. Well, you know, I think that the the first thing is, is that the relationships, the relationship there is something I've never really wanted to promote or talk about a ton. Um, obviously with, with everything that, that's happened to the, the Bryant family, it's, it's like a tragedy that's beyond, beyond words. Mm-hmm. But, uh, what I, what I would say is that, um, you know, our kids went to school together, um, and became quite close. And then naturally when your, um, children are, are friends and they're, you know, they're best friends and so on, you know, you, you get to know the parents. Yeah. And in this particular case, it just was a, unique situation where our children became very close friends with the Bryant's children. And then we got to become friends as families. And, um, with that, uh, I think just what Kobe taught, I think the world, yeah. you know, if we're talking about Kobe, cause what he taught me and, and, and my family and, and the people around him, I think in know many ways he was just consistent, mm-hmm. uh, with, with what he did. And that was, uh, just you know, fanatical attention to his game, himself, his family, his life. I mean, everything that he did and touched and was engaged with was full on. Yeah. And he never did anything halfway. Everything he did was all the way um, to include, you know, if you were speaking with him, even that, you know, he was fully engaged in conversation, yeah. fully engaged in his family fully engaged in his obviously his fitness and workouts and the game and discipline um and truly one of the most incredible human beings to you know grace this earth along with his family um and so i think really what what i learned through that process well one is i learned to love basketball because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i really never had an interest in basketball growing up, but then like any sport, I think, or activity when you, you know, you know, someone who loves it, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, you're just more out of like, out of uh, a relationship. You're curious. Yeah. Like, wow, this is crazy. This guy, this guy loves this thing. Like same way I love skateboarding. And so I became very interested and really wanted to see him win um, and, and see that craft. And the more I, I learned and saw, the more I became more interested in it and kind of a diehard Lakers fan because of that. Um, but what I learned, I think that that's interesting, especially as my son's been playing sports too, is that that discipline, although people don't like comparing stadium sports with action sports and, you know, everyone will say it's an art and a free form and surfing and skating and snowboarding versus, football, basketball, baseball. I, I don't agree with that. I, I think that the when you love something, you know, especially the true top athletes on the planet, you don't get that good from like being told you need to win or mm. your, your dad breathing down your throat to win or, you know, the pressures of trophies and first, second and third and all those things. I think when you when you truly love anything, whether it's art, skateboarding or basketball, you get to a point where the only way you're going to be the best is through that love and the passion and the practice and the art of repetition and, you know, be whether you're shooting three pointers all night long and you got to, you know, hit 100 in a row to, to walk away for the night and get a good night's worth of sleep. United Houston thinks the same way about a kickflip. And uh, I would assume a LeBron James and, you know, Sean White on a snowboard. These are the things that, 
make these guys incredible. And, and knowing Kobe, uh, it actually taught me that cause I wasn't exposed to that side of, of sports. Um, and then, you know, being able to compare, let's say the way he thinks and some of these other guys, there's a lot of, uh, common things there, but he was like no other. I mean, there's nobody in so the true. world that will ever, I think, dominate life on the level that, that he did. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Well, we could just end right there. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was, <laughs> yeah. That was unbelievable. I mean, yeah. just, it is so true. Just the principles that he taught. I mean, obviously it's, it's crazy that to think that a basketball player taught so many life principles yeah. to so many people that can be applied to every area yeah. of life hundred percent is, is just amazing. And yeah. obviously I, I grew up in Southern California. I've been a Laker fan since I was a little kid. And so yeah. to see that, to connect that, and obviously our, our prayers continue. We mentioned this in the last episode too. continue to be out for their family. And like, like you said, so yeah. tragic it's not and right. our hearts go out to that, to that family, but um, we'll be continuing in to be in prayer for them during this time. Yeah. yeah. His legacy will go on for oh, the yeah. test of time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, going back to, you know, your, your upbringing in, in your life to in, in skating, you know, just talk about, you mentioned like the community and, and the culture of, of, of skate for you. Just talk about, you know, you grew up in New York mm. in that whole, you know, talk about the skate scene and what was <laughs> it like, you know, especially that, that time period, that, that era. Yeah. I mean, um, it's funny because I, I, I was really fortunate with, uh, I, you know, when I talk about it, um, I was blessed with timing in my life with respect to um, I lived in New York in a time when New York was like uh, a lot of people like like the special time of New York, which was actually one of the worst times in New York because it was really gnarly and very dangerous and very gritty. But at the same time, it's when hip hop was born out of New York. It's when a graffiti art was happening. And, and it was when like the punk rock scene at like, let's say CBGBs and bands that now are considered like the pioneers of punk rock, hip hop yeah. and everything we see today. I happened to you know, just timing. I was at the ripe age of, let's say 18 and living you know, on the East Coast and traveling from New York City to Philly with like Wu-Tang Clan and I go to Atlanta during the, you know, the, the Dirty South with Goody Mob mm -hmm. and, you know, these things that were going on during a, you know, a time, it was just a very special time. And so skateboarding, because it's more of a, a urban sport, I suppose, you were really exposed to like a very culturally diversified, um, I don't even know if you want to call it a sport, like a, like a, like a movement at yeah. the time. Mm. And you have like the Beastie Boys. So I think a story that's quite interesting that, that I, I talk about is that what, what made skateboarding special was actually music. And music and skateboarding, kind of like an art, I suppose, kind of like hmm. had like a, a collision. Because what was happening was these bands at the time were so small. People don't realize that the Beastie Boys were a tiny little band and Black Flag and these bands like Bad Brains and, and these things that you hear about, they were tiny little bands. Um, and they all had to perform at the tiny little club wherever they were touring. Because if you went to, let's say, Atlanta to go see if you're into like real music and mm -hmm. you, you know you go to like a gigantic stadium to see you too but if you wanted to see goody mob perform 
it was going to be at like a little hole in the wall yeah. hip hop club, and mm-hmm. the following act was going to be like a, a punk rock band. Because it was just like everybody like could only afford to be at certain venues. And yeah. so at these venues, you'd have a punk rock band followed up with a hip hop act, followed up with a, you know, uh, spoken words. And so you'd have all these kids like inside this place. And one guy likes the Beastie Boys and another guy likes Black Flag and another guy likes this other band. And all the skaters are out front because they skate to the show and you know, the graffiti guys went in earlier and like did a, a piece on the back for the show itself. I mean, these were like real life situations. And I just was so lucky to to have that like intimate relationship with something that now is like, you know, at the Staples Center. Um, and that just wasn't the case back then. I mean, we would go, I'll never forget after I went to a Red Hot Chili Peppers show, um, was in a hole in the wall. And um, wow. afterwards, we all skated at the local park, uh, not a skate park, because those didn't exist either. When I say local park, I mean Washington Square Park, you know, like wow. in, in, in the, on the tennis courts. And we were like skating with Anthony Kiedis and Flea, you know, and these guys are just kids and they just finished a punk, you know, a punk rock show, really. Um, no way. Yeah. And oh we just skated. Goodness. But like, you know, looking back on that, you just didn't think much about it because we were all just sort of equal. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah, those are like, I have stories like that coming out my ears because I just happen to be blessed with that age. You know, yeah, you you were right. You were at the right time. Like, who were who were some of like the um, maybe musicians that you kind of or 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 um, groups or bands or whatever that you kind of like attached yourself with? Oh, yeah. Attached yourself with? Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, I'm a music, just a <laughs> music nerd. Yeah. Uh, so. It's kind of funny because I, I did grow up a little a little on the, you know, maybe on the rougher side of town. So I, I definitely, I'm totally, I don't want to stereotype hip hop <laughs> right now because this is pretty bad. But yeah, I, I, I grew up listening to hip hop, like just mental into hip hop. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I, 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 my, fa- my parents, you know, I, I have a really good memories of like, I know my father mostly my dad he really liked classic rock pink floyd and led mm-hmm. zeppelin and the doors and he had a quite a an eclectic taste in music so i do have those like fond memories as a kid as much as i i do say i grew up in a broken home which i did you know i, I the when i was around music it was definitely a like a classic rock world for me but when the family got broken up and things got a little crazy and i started moving around and and kind of and we and we lived in new york um, it was definitely hip hop. Like mm. I, I just was surrounded by hip hop. I had a, like a, a really close bond, I think with the sort of, um, rebellious side of it too. Yeah. And, and what it stood for and a lyrical piece to it and the rhythm. And I was a break dancer, you know, I love break dancing and really, yeah, I love roll. I, well, I grew up roller skating. So I grew up like on roller skates and going to the roller rinks. Roll, yeah, uh, roller rink. and that was like a big thing for us as kids where I grew up, East Coast kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And South, the, the South, it's a big thing. So we roll bounce. So we go to the roll ring, roller rinks. And then um, with that, I think this is where the, the, you know, you talk about rap. What happened for me is that because um, of my age, roller rinks were like almost like discos, right? Yeah. So you'd be at the roller rink and it was like a disco on skates. And they'd have the lights and they'd be playing like Grandmaster Flash and and things like that. And Michael Jackson yeah, yeah. and, and you know, uh, Planet, 
Planet Rock and all these things were happening. And then like Glammaster Flash kind of like turned, kind of made this pivot where all of a sudden it was like rap. And you were like, whoa, this is like not disco anymore. And I kind of like lived through that. That's what happened. Like this mm-hmm. transition from roller skating. We're so off sports right now. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, this transition from like roller skating to to rap music. And I'll never forget what happened that was super cool was that uh, da- break dancing was kind of like a new thing. Like no one even knew what the heck it was. And, and all of a sudden the roller rink had an issue because the breakers and I was one of them we would take off our roller skates and because the roller rink floor was so good, you would take an opportunity to run out to the middle of the roller rink because there's like that middle zone, you yeah, know, yeah. and we would break dance because they'd be playing like rap because it's like rap starting to, to like immerse. Yeah. And so we would run into the middle of the roller rink and we would break dance in the middle of the roller rink and then we'd get kicked out. So then eventually it was so out of control that the roller rink made the wise decision to turn the center of the roller rink into a dance floor. And then all the breakers would be in the middle and then the roller skaters would would roller skate around the break dancers. And it wasn't dancing, it was break dancing. Like there was <laughs> like there was nobody was no disco dancing. No, it was no, like no, a no, full no. battles were happening. It was it was insane times. And so uh I would go I took all I kind of like abandoned my roller skates and became a breaker and then I became obsessed with rap. And so to answer your question, the, the music that I started getting into right away was like Dougie Fresh, Houdini, uh, Slick Rick, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm kind of trying to go really like audio too, like really far back. And then like with that, I like started listening to more progressive rap because I wa- kind of like was born with the, with the culture. Yeah. So I went from like Grandmaster Flash to, I guess, uh, Gosh, it's it's like it's so hard to go back that far, but like Houdini is like I don't even know how I pulled that one out, um, and then that went to like what really moved me was and actually had imp- big impact on my skateboarding was when Public Enemy and uh, a band band I guess you call them band um, the Jungle Brothers and Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul came out, and when those guys came out, which was years later. That music really, really like touched my soul. Hmm. Like what it stood for, it was like conscious, conscious hip hop is what yeah. they were calling yeah. it at the time. And because uh, it was unlike anything else, because mm-hmm. rap was starting to get a little negative. It, when it first came out, rap wasn't negative. It was yeah. just all about who breaks the best, who raps the best, yeah. who's got the best flow. It was not about killing each other. There was no like de- degrading women. None of that was happening quite yet. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, life is good and let's, we go, let's go get it. Yeah. Let's go get this. Yeah. You know, there was a little like, let's get this money, but it was definitely not, um, what it is today, which is to a certain degree disappointing because I love rap so much. And I still love it. So it's hard. I like battle. I have this internal battle yeah. with rap music. Yeah, I think it, like once it started to shift to the West Coast, it started to yeah, get a little it's, bit it's true. more mm-hmm. gangy. Gang, yeah. Gangy. gangy. <laughs> yeah. It got a little gangy. And, and, and really you look at like, uh, you know, this could be a hip hop podcast by the way because i'll surprise you on this one because i'm like pretty educated i'm pretty educated on hip-hop but uh what happened was uh karis one came out boogie down productions karis one was like a really really strong time in rap music and it was it was very very powerful and and uh wise 
kind of full of wisdom. I mean, mm-hmm. there's some dumb stuff in there too, but full of wisdom and like talking about how to kind of rise above. And then when, um, when these other guys, the conscious hip hop movement came in, um, I was like, oh, it's like the perfect balance of what I'm into because it's not negative. It's positive. It's, it's, it's enforceful. It's like enforcing positivity. That's public enemy, like really pushing positivity almost aggressively. Um, and uh, that had a lot of influence on me with, with one, the music I just started listening to as I skated, what we would play on the boombox when we skated at these spots, what we listened into the car to get like pumped up before we would skate. Um, and then, you know, skateboarding has famous, you know, skateboard video parts. Yeah. And um, it's nice to say that like the, I think the East Coasters were like the first guys to sort of bring hip hop into skate. And I think that's another thing is that um, skateboarding is really interesting because also what happened in New York, and I can't necessarily speak for other urban areas, but there wasn't a lot of places to skate, especially when you think of New York in like the wintertime. Mm-hmm. And you're, if you live on the East Coast, you know, the snow's gnarly, the cold is gnarly. So the first place you go to skate is where there's dry pavement. And, and that's something that... Uh, west coast people don't necessarily understand yeah. and one of the only places in new york that has dry pavement in the winter time is the basketball courts so the first thing you do in new york or philly or dc or these different places in in cold weather chicago i would assume is when you want to go skate there's only a few places to go and that's lit too so you want to go where it's lit a little warmer yeah. it ends up becoming either an, <laughs> an indoor parking garage or a basketball court and then that was interesting, too, because between rap music and basketball, all of a sudden you've got these white kids from the suburbs and you've got like black guys playing basketball. And then he's like, yo, let me check out your board. And then, you know, all of a sudden the, the guy that played basketball becomes a, a part time skater and the part time skaters play and pick up basketball. And I think that's like if you look at skateboarding today yeah. and you look at guys like Little Wayne and and uh, Tyler, the creator, these guys are like born from that sort of mashup that took place and i think why you know what i talked to you about earlier why skateboarding has become so popular because truly it's a sport that uh you can well here's the biggest thing it's the only sport where your fashion sense is on the court i mean when you think about it like tyler the creator who's a skater has this incredible taste in fashion yeah and then he's able to wear whatever he wants and make like this sort of fashion statement it's true while he's rolling around. You can't do that in basketball. Yeah. If you could, it'd probably be more popular. It's only shoes. Yeah, the guy that, that it's right, it's shoes. And, and then, you know, uh, Dennis Rodman's like probably the closest thing to like trying to pull that one off. Yeah. Um, so that, that made skateboarding and music kind of collide. And then you had guys that were different than me that loved like punk rock music. So they show up at the skate spot, like all black, black painted nails and in a trench coat or whatever, you know, full punk rockers. Yeah. And then you had like the hard rockers, like guys that were running Led Zeppelin classic t-shirts with long hair and then the Rastas. And I think that's so cool with skateboarding specifically because it has, it's not, a lot of sports are tied to a specific genre of music or something. Skateboarding is so broad. I think that's unique that it brings in a, such a collective random group of people to be intrigued and interested in the same thing is such an amazing thing. 
Well, I think one thing you'll notice if you get into like, if you start studying the culture, if you get into like a brand, let's say an element's a good example. If you watch what we call like the element video, elementality, what, what will happen is because you have this eclectic team that all come from different walks of life and different tastes and music and fashion and so on, but they all have, they all skateboard and they all do tricks and it's, you know, what they have in common is the, the concept of progression, mm. progression on the skateboard. Yeah. But, but in the videos that you would watch, it might feature, let's say like, you know, a dozen or a half dozen guys, it'll go from one guy's part that's playing like little Wayne to the next guy's part and his music choices, you know, country. And then the next guy's part is reggae and, and the vid- the videos are never, the same type of music through the video because each guy has a different taste and they pick typically would pick their music. And that really tells you how colorful the, 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 the activity is because the music never is. It's like you're listening to a, a motion picture soundtrack, right? Yeah. You know, like yeah. Pulp fiction or something like that. And I think that it's cool because it, it, also gives you an opportunity to appreciate other people's styles totally and then you know like like you mentioned we talked about this earlier but you you have a really broad range of your music that you enjoy and we were talking about this earlier you enjoy rap and hip-hop and classical music and everything so i think that's cool and it it allows you to appreciate you know the people that are on your team and stuff yeah i think that helped a lot too is that when um i had started element and because i did grow up with such a diversified background and and although i you know claim to be a hip hop fan i do love classic rock and in folk music and you name it i'll listen to it um even if the person doing it's not talented i'll probably find a reason to like it um and that when i was building the team it opened my eyes to uh cause, you know i was nearly 30 years ago the first sort of building the first team i i didn't have any sort of idea of like Oh, well, I'm going to just get this type of crew, like a gang, you know, it wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to get whoever's great, like whoever's awesome. And and really, for me, most importantly, and I think I've thought about this even back then is like who I like as a human. Yeah. Yeah. That was always something. And to this day, I carry with me pretty heavily is that I have to like the person or I just won't even deal with it. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's a super unique way of looking at it. And specifically you, you want to surround yourself with people that you enjoy being around because that's going to, that's going to push you forward too. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be stuck back with people that are, that are holding you back or that you're dreading coming in every day. Yeah, no. And I think that's, that's probably is a credit to, you know, where element went. And obviously we'll talk about that a little bit later in here, but you mentioned you started skating when you were four years old. Yeah. Um, I think that's what you mentioned. What, who brought that into your life like <laughs> as a four-year-old? Like, did you just see a skateboard at you no. know, a store or what? Well, my sister skated okay. and, and be, we have a pretty big age gap. So she's five years uh, older than I am. Okay. And so when skateboarding kind of went through its original craze that everyone kind of to this day talks about where people are doing like handstands on skateboards and wearing like dolphin shorts and pretty kind of a cheesy, what might be perceived as a cheesy thing. Um, my sister was really into skateboarding. Um, so me being her little brother, so she was older. I just kind of, well, it started me. She'd skate everywhere all over. We lived on a military base at the time. She'd skate all over the military base for transportation. Um, and also just like, it was like a little skate seventies skate crew that rolled around listening to like Elton John. And, you know, it was just like that, that time in the world. And, um, 
the Bay City Rollers. You know, I'm like just dating myself <laughs> here. But uh, she would skate around, and I followed her around on my big wheel. I'll always remember that. Like I just like trying to keep up with my sister. You know, looking up to my sister and all of her friends, and I would just chase them around the, the military base on the big wheel all day, trying to keep up with them just to be part of the crew. And then eventually she got a new skateboard and passed me down her skateboard, and I was four. And then that was my, I just followed them around on her skateboard. And I learned, I didn't know much about it. I just knew, like, I got to keep up with these guys. It wasn't about skating. It was about keeping up with these people that I was sweating because she's my big sister. Yeah. And how do I, like, I can't keep up on a big wheel. Like, literally, they're moving too fast because they weren't walking. They were skating. So, like, I'll never forget that. Like, I just would, like, see them get way too out, out far out front. And I'm like, I can't keep up and I don't want to lose my sister. Like, this is, like, the, the crew. So then when she gave me the skateboard, I learned how to push fast and then always cruise with them. And that's how it started. And I, I, I think what, because I've always sort of said I was never, I was a good skater for sure. But the reason I was a good skater is because I got a, a big head start on everybody because yeah. I had full board control. Once I took it serious and started doing tricks, I got over what takes some people like three to five years to, because skating is very hard. Mm -hmm. um, and getting that board control um, with any sport, you know, that like learning those basic fundamental things in, mm -hmm. in any sport is critical and it can take years to master those fundamentals in order to be great. And so for me, having skated since I was four, I, when I got serious about skating, I could already bomb a hill full speed and not even think about it. I knew how to like, yeah. you know, power slide and just, I had full board control. So then when my buddies were trying to learn like how to ollie and even rolling to ollie was already a challenge, I was like, the roll part was no brainer. Yeah. So I could ollie, like I could pick that up a lot quicker. So you had an advantage. I had a big advantage. It's, it's it's funny it's that you you know it's interesting that you mentioned it like it was about keeping up with yeah you know it wasn't necessarily about practicing it was like, no i gotta keep up with it because <laughs> totally. i've i fell into like the skating craze when i was oh probably i don't know from like fifth grade to like 10th grade like yeah we, re we really run. got into it um a lot of my friends but for me it was yeah when i got into it, it was like really about keeping up not necessarily being good but they're all they're all doing it. So I got to, you know, stay with it. It's funny that, that yeah. was the same thing for you. And, yeah. and so for me, like learning how to like, like you said, stay on the board and, you know, and falling, but I think falling too off of the board and falling down over and over is a part of, yeah, a part of, of, of skating, like big part like, of it. You know, how basketball is like you dribble, you pass, you fall in skateboarding like yeah that's that's a part of the whole process which, which i think is uh you fall more than you land yeah far hmm. more than you land hmm. you know there's no doubt about it yeah. you, you you fall 100 i mean I, I i've actually never thought much about that it's it's the, the ratio to falling versus landing is 90 percent falling wow 10 percent landing yeah for sure you um you still skate now yeah. And we're not going to, we're not going to ask you your age, but you said you've been an element for 30 years, 30 <laughs> years ago. So, but you, you still you got skate. the board when he was four. Yeah. So. <laughs> we could, no. But you've been skating for a long time. How do you keep that, that passion for it? That the passion just never goes away. Right. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's the craziest thing. Um, I, I think about that a lot. Cause I, I, I think the only thing that makes me kind of like, cause I get, it almost scares me. 
because I don't know what I would do if I lost it. You know, like mm. it just like it's inconceivable to think of life without that being in the front of my mind. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love it that much. It's just it's like I live for I live for skateboarding and my family. Like I, I say that all the time. Like uh, that's all I really have at this point. Um, I, I think that when you think of basketball, that's something I, that I think is comparable. Jack Nicholson still sits on courtside, you know, and he loves the sport. And I'm assuming he must know every name of every player in the NBA. And I think that uh, I've, I've managed to be almost like a version of that. I, mm. I've been around it for so long. I'm, I'm like obsessed with it. Yeah. And I'm obsessed with the statistics. I'm obsessed with who's up coming up. I'm obsessed with who does what and how they do it. Do they have style? Like, and I'm more obsessed with it now than I think I was when I was 19 because I didn't even know then. I was so focused on myself becoming a great skateboarder yeah. that I was less focused on everything around me. And now I like look at skateboarding more as a spectator and also a skater, of course, but it's different. And so mm-hmm. I, I almost like it. No, there's no question I like it more now wow. for sure. And it's cool that your son loves it and is just as passionate about it. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that's, you know, I see videos of you guys on Instagram and everything like that. It's cool to see you guys that that time to be able to connect and bond and to yeah. do something that you love so much. Yeah. It's just so beautiful to see. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. It, it it's it. Thank you so much. And and I'm I'm like uh, I really am like the luckiest guy in the world. I I truly believe that because uh, to be able to and and I think this is worth mentioning. My daughter, which is crazy too, she loves skateboarding and she like really loves being around it and being part of the culture. And because of that, thank goodness for the fashion piece and the yeah and the sort of cultural piece of skateboarding. She really gets excited to be around it and all of her friends and so on. Um, and therefore, you know, we pile in the car on a weekend with my daughter and my son and we'll be gone for 18 hours, like just driving wow. around, go down to San Diego, hit up like five parks, go get lunch, skate, sit in the shade, chill for a little bit, then watch the other guys skate, then go hit another park. And I mean, I'm at a level where my part, my sort of interaction with my children because of the selfish thing I've managed to pull off, which wasn't it wasn't on purpose, is like every day is skate day at the Schiller F household, and it's so cool. all we do is watch it on TV. My my son or daughter will be like, "Hey, check this person out," or watch this guy's part, and I'm like, "Watch this guy's part," and then I'll say to camp, and I think this is one of the reasons he's such a great skateboarder is it reminds me of if someone's like a heavy music person, and maybe their son plays the guitar. So you're like, yeah, well, you don't know much because have you really heard Jimi Hendrix? And then he's like, well, who's Jimi Hendrix? You're like, listen to this. Well, with camp, you know, he'll be talking to me about all these modern skateboarders and things happening, which I'm pretty aware of. And then I'll say, hey, man, well, the guy that invented that trick's name is so on. And you check out this part and then camp will watch the video with the guy that did the first Ollie or the guy. And he learns this sort of Hmm. historical he has like a lot of history knowledge because of, of me just not forcing on him and just like get excited. Challenging him and excited. Yeah. Right? And then he will emulate it because he'll like, like a lot of the tricks he might do is not a typical trick, a, you know, a 14 year old would do because it's inspired by maybe something that happened in the eighties and he doesn't really care. So he'll like do, he does this, which I'm really proud of him. Like he'll, he'll do, it's called a no comply. It's a pretty old school trick. 
but he'll do like a, be heading towards a massive rail that's modern skateboarding and he'll do like a no comply and then you know back 50 down a 20 stair and you're like whoa that was sick but he just did a no comply right before that where the heck did that come from yeah. and most of the pros and and his sponsors see that and and have a lot of, that's one of the reasons he's managed to pick up these sponsors and things i think has a lot to do with the his range yeah you know his choices so who is who is he sponsored by? Who's camp sponsored? Uh, by? He's sponsored by Adidas. Is sort of the you know the, the big one. Yeah. Um, he's sponsored by ProTech helmets, okay. um, Spitfire wheels, Thunder trucks, um, the Hard Supply, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, what else am I? I'm missing arcade belts. Oh, Tech Deck, which is a big one. He loves. I've seen finger, that. Yeah, yeah, he loves he fingerboarding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he'll be mad at me if I leave somebody out. Oh, Bones uh, bearings, which is kind of cool. Diamond. Um, he's got the lineup, man. He's and, set, and yeah, he's set, and they t- all take really good care of him. And he's a ve- he's a gentleman too. So I'm always, as a guy that's sponsored people my whole life. I'm always, and he's picked up on it too on his own. But it's very important to to show those guys respect and work hard. And he does that for his sponsors. That's so cool. Yeah, super cool. So um as we kind of shift over to you know the street skating side of it and you know the art of street skate which is what you know what we want to talk about mm. you know in the lead of this um you, you know we talked about skating being such a, a you know a cultural thing and and um for me it uh, i i fell into the culture when i was when i was a kid there was this sh- popular show on uh on nickelodeon growing up rocket power mm-hmm. you, you ever see it mm-hmm. um and we we watch it every you know Saturday morning and and we but we did everything like we did everything they do on that show from mm-hmm. from the you know uh, street hockey to the skateboarding to yeah. the you know the uh, the inline skating all of it so I, I fell into it and there was like I got into it as a young kid but but now as you look at you know today's world and and like kids out nowadays with like the whole the Fortnite and all the video gaming and all that stuff right now um do you see a, a lot of the the skating still become being popular with with the youth and with kids nowadays and and if it is like you yeah. know what's what's attributed to that a lot of that um yeah i think you know the the video game thing is is strange because i don't feel like it it, it almost lives separately than skateboarding I, i'm not sure why but like almost every skater at least the young ones i know they all play Fortnite and and video games for sure but mainly Fortnite. um but i i'm not a huge uh, i'm not against the video game thing at all like i, yeah. I don't quite i don't pl- i actually never played a lot of video games even as a kid i just was it's just something that didn't interest me i couldn't keep my attention long enough i'd like total add so like sitting and trying to play any game even now i can't even i can't even watch a movie <laughs> i just get up start pacing around and all that kind of stuff but no i i think the biggest thing with um with skateboarding is that why it's popular and continues to grow um it, it has to do with the fact that how accessible it is i mean you can literally just like walk out your door and like as long as you have sneakers on and that's even debatable yeah. you can skate um, you don't have anyone really telling you how to do it and your parents are, you know, and now it's changing a little bit cause it, it's gotten to a point where you're, it's a good chance your parent did skate, but more than likely your parents not going to be like, Hey, here's how you push. Here's how you Ollie, yeah. you know, your friends are going to tell you that. 
Um, so I also think there's this level of like, I love this because I'm doing it at my own pace. You know, I'm doing it how I want to do it. And there's really no right or wrong. Yeah. So you just kind of like can't fail at skateboarding. And skateboarding community is very, very nice and very accepting. Always has been. And so if you show up at the spot and you're a poser, let's call it. Typically, the skaters are like, let's pull this guy in. Like, let's show him the ropes. And hmm. someone is always like almost appointed to take the guy under his wing and teach him the way. Um, there's no hazing, you know, it doesn't, mm -hmm. that doesn't exist in skateboarding. That's really, really unique because I've grown accustomed to football, basketball, yeah, baseball, yeah. and that is so the opposite. Yeah. You know, hazing is, and picking on the, the little guy, I guess you could say, or, you know, it's, it's almost like expected, you know, you yeah. don't, you don't want to go into a sport for me, like being weak or being, you know, not prepared or whatever. Yeah. Um, so Skating's the opposite. Really it's actually the, uh, the, the, the polar opposite hmm. that the, it's almost like find that little dude, protect him. Well, one, cause you know, probably some will get into later maybe, but these, a lot of these skate parks are in areas that are not the most desirable cause that's where they typically build them. And so the first thing most skaters do when they see a kid come in the scene and the parent at, drops a kid off alone um, is you take the kid in and make sure he's, you know, you pull him in. Cause once you step outside the walls of a skate park, that's a whole different story. But once you're in that park, you're protected hmm. for sure. Yeah. It's, it's crazy that you, that you mentioned, mentioned it too. Like with skating, there's no one real way to do it. Like, no. There's no one style. Like, you know, we mentioned traditional sports, you know, basketball, it, you have to do it this, shoot it this way or dribble this, or, yeah. the, you know, you have to play how the game is being played. But with skating, you can jump in. I mean, I can jump in at my age right now and just start yeah. and just get into it. And and we were talking about it um, earlier, you know, with all the, you know, protesting and boycotting and cancel this and cancel that. And, you know, we're like, man, I kind of want to just try maybe skateboarding or something like yeah. try something different, you know, get, get into a new, a new sport because it is just, it yeah. is so cool that there isn't a one way to do it. And like you said earlier, it's at your own pace. I can just ride. Yeah. I don't even have to do tricks or anything. No. I can just ride. hundred percent. And, and, and if you showed up at a park, I guarantee you, this was what's so interesting about a park, skate parks, which what I, you know, we'll talk about street skating because when I, when I grew up, there wasn't parks, but right now, if you showed up at a park, and you, let's just say, were 40 years old, and you were, mall, we call it mall grabbing, like holding the skateboard awkwardly, and it was pretty clear you were just kind of deciding to take this thing on, I would guarantee you that within 15 minutes, a local would come up and show you the way. He would immediately be like, hey, what's your name, so-and-so? Like, okay, let me help you out here for a sec. Hold your board like this, and stay away from that side of the park, because you'll get plowed you know, this is the, the, we call it frogger, like stay out of this zone. You're going to get run over and keep it over here. And you might want to learn how to skate in the bowl first. Cause nobody actually skate. That's what we always tell people go skate <laughs> in the bottom of the bowl. Cause nobody skates the bowl. So then the new, the beginners skate instructors, like take all the little kids and bring them into the bottom of the pool because a lot of times the pools aren't skated and that's yeah. like the safest place to be. Cause like yeah. you get these protective walls around you. Yeah. So it's true. And, and skateboarding is blowing up right now, I think, with the pandemic 
and a lot of things happening in the world, it, it truly is a, a very attractive sport hmm. because, well, one, you can go and do it because no one's going to tell you you can't. You just get your board out and roll down the streets with a mask on. Like, there you, there you go. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. skate L.A. like every day right now. And like, didn't didn't early early on, didn't they like fill them up with sand they or did. something like that? Yeah, and the skaters just went again back to back to skaters just passion. They went and just got shovels and <laughs> b- b- weed blowers and like literally just shoveled it out. Like two days later, they put bales of hay in this other park and all the skate. I thought this was a funny one. That the city thought that they would stop the skaters by putting bales of hay around the entire park. So we had heard about that and and had heard the bales of hay had yeah, yeah. been moved. So we drove out to go skate this park. And what was hilarious is that uh, the skaters have made the bales of hay obstacles. So they had like arranged them all around the park where you were like ollieing over. Over here was like, yo, that guy ollied like seven bales of hay. And it was like the longest bale, hay bale ollie. This is the greatest yeah. thing the city's ever done for yeah, us. Yeah, like they just figured it out, Can right? send us more? I thought obstacles. it was, like, yeah, I sent some more hay. That was putting it. their order and stuff. We, my camp and I were just cracking up because it just what skaters will do to to uh pull it off it's like and and i'm gonna put, put uh, you know do a, a little shame on the city of or of of uh, costa mesa but the amount of money they spend trying to keep these guys out of the park and you know taxpayers money well spent is a bulldozer pulling up with 15 staffers loading a park with sand then uh you know taking that sand and then it destroys the park because of these little you know, little, yeah. you know, you got to get it out of there. And it's yeah. just like pouring sand in your backyard pool. Can you imagine trying to like swim again six months later? Yeah. Like, so then you're spending all this money to filling it, then unfilling it. And then you have, you know, probably like 50 hours worth of, you know, guys in suits in a conference room being like, should we use bales of hay or sand or bark dust? And uh, Bill over there, can you be in charge of the bale hay committee? And I mean, that's what they're literally doing while guys wow. are like playing excuse me, but playing tennis <laughs> and golf and, you know, and they're not, it's just so unfair. It is. Yeah, it, it is true. That's when I saw that it, you know, you think about golf and all these other things were happening. Yeah. And then like, what, what in there, why would they think of doing yeah. that? I mean, the, especially being outdoors and everything like that. What a great, cause you know, you understand that with the pandemic and everything, you know, gyms closed inside and something like that, but allowing those kids an outlet to be outdoors and, yeah, it, it if didn't. there's a sport they should be endorsing through what's happening in yeah. the world, it's I always say it's hilarious because it's cultural diversity. It's the most colorblind thing you can possibly do in yeah. sporting as far as like, you know, clothes and no rules and how many people do it and where these parts are located. It speaks to what's happening in the world. On top of it, if there's any sport that practices social distancing, it's skateboarding because you run into each other. Yeah. And I mean, my, my, my wife and I were talking to Mayor Katrina and we were like, this is like, you know, we have a photograph. This is hilarious because we were my wife took a picture of this it is a photo of people at the park social distancing because they don't want to run each run into each other. Of course, they have all hopped the fence and cops are chasing them out and treating little skaters as if they're criminals. And in the background, you see couples yoga and they're like literally, you know, holding each other up in like body poses, like you know, breathing on each other's faces with hands inter- interlocked and the cop walks right past the, the yoga people, which you're not supposed to be in the park, walks right past the dog park, walks right past the tennis courts, walks right past the, uh, the tennis courts where people store balls in, 
in their balls. I mean, you, you, you know where you keep a tennis ball when you're playing yeah. tennis? You keep yeah. it in your pocket and you're sweating all over it. Yeah. Then you grab the ball and then you like spit on it and then you throw, <laughs> you throw it. it. And then the other person on the other side grabs this ball, right? Then you got basketball. And the cops are running past these people that are like, might as well be like vomiting in each other's face, right? And they're chasing uh minors right think of that who are skating by themselves who are skating by themselves social distancing with helmets on i mean i just think it i'm trying to bring a little giggle but and my wife actually uh cory i love her she was like talking to the mayor and she was getting into the literal of like mayor katrina do you know where people keep these tennis balls because i mean women put their tennis balls here when they play and men put them in their pocket and so she was actually saying like and you're trying to keep people playing tennis and you're talking about uh you know social distancing and in pieces of spit and things. yeah it doesn't make That's any funny. sense no it doesn't um you know just talking about street skaters and stuff um who are who are some of the best that you've witnessed Maybe, I don't know, maybe your top five or top three that you well, witnessed. I've been around it for so long that, um, you know, I, I, I think I could speak to the past, which would probably bore listeners. And you guys probably don't know who some of these people are. But the, the best skaters to walk the face of the earth and, you know, the Kobe's of, of and the Michael Jordan's of skateboarding. Mm. There's a few out there um, from back in the day. Um I, I like to think there's a, a gentleman by the name of Mark Gonzalez and um, Nadis Kapis, Christian Asoy, who actually is a local here. He's actually a pastor. Oh, yeah. um, and um, there's there, uh, Steve Caballero. Uh, those are like the early on guys that, that sort of, uh, mm-hmm. the, they're borderline like the um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's of... of the legends. Yeah, of skateboarding. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you have like this sort of middle zone. I'm going to do everything compared to basketball since I know a bit about basketball, <laughs> Yeah. but then you've got your Larry birds, right? You know, that kind of generation, yep, yep. uh, and there's guys like Jamie Thomas and Andrew Reynolds, um, that, that kind of paved another generation of skateboarding. I have a feeling maybe that's where you, you mm-hmm. kind of got the Baker, yep. uh, world industries, alien workshop, mm-hmm. zero, the, that, that. Um, what was the first skateboard video you you watched? The first video I watched. So I really got into it from the the Tony Hawk video games. Okay. The, the yeah. Skater video games. The, yeah. The, hearing the different genres of music. Yeah, and that's where and Bam then, comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Bam, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously Tony Hawk, and obviously um, Cream Campbell, and oh, Cream uh, Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great know, one. Some some of the other. He's uh, a legend. Yeah. He's on the Larry Bird level. Um, yeah. So then there's those guys, but I think to talk more current. Um, you know, Nigel Houston is, is clearly, uh, there, there's, there's actually two skaters that come to my mind, but, but the skater that is, is, I think the best skateboarder to possibly have walked the face of the earth ever is Nigel Houston. Hmm. I know who the next one I, in my opinion will be. Um, but I think up and coming, you're saying, yeah, I think the next, the next up and coming, possibly the greatest skater to follow sort of Jordan Kobe stories, which you don't want to get me into that battle because <laughs> I got an opinion on that one. Jordan or, or Kobe, that's an easy answer for me. You know where that one is, yeah. but Jordan's awesome. 
Um, so we know it's not Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Jordan, Jordan is incredible. Kobe is the master. Uh, he is the master. Uh, but but uh, I'd say Nigel Houston is the greatest skateboarder to have ever lived, for real. Um, and then the the guy that's up and coming that that it's it's pretty obvious it'll happen. But I th- I like to think I saw it early on as uh, Jagger Eaton. Jagger Eaton is a he's uh, nineteen. Wow. And he's on mm. on trying to get on Nigel's tail, you know, tail right now. But Nigel is the best. Wow. You Now you said the best skater. So I guess I have to ask the question, would you compare Street and Vert or would you say overall he's No, they're different. Okay, so they're completely different. They okay, are completely different. Check. So they're they're it just similar to well, it's I mean most people know this. So I guess it'd be like big, big wave surfing versus, you know, uh surfing like little yeah. barrel waves or something like that. I just that. wanted to check because, yeah, yeah, just... just yeah, like, no, um, street skating is different than uh, transition skating, or they, they call it now park skating. Okay. Um, which is transition um, bowls and yeah. vert ramps and mega ramps. So really there's three categories of skateboarding. There's mega ramp, which is like what you see in the X Games where guys are flying like, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. hundreds of feet in, in, into the air. And yep. not a lot of guys. There's like a very, very short amount of people that can do that. And then there's the transition park skating, and then there's street. I, I, growing up in New York and, and on the East Coast, I, I pay most attention to street skating. Um, of course, I do know what's going on with tran- transition skateboarding, which Hamana Reynolds uh, is probably the best. Uh, well, he's actually ranked number one in the world um, currently. He rides for Heart Supply. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. And Jagger rides for Heart Supply also. Nice. So I, I try to... <laughs> Obviously, I try to, guys, try to yeah. Nigel rides for Element and Jagger rides for Heart Supply, um, and Tom Shar, uh, who's also one of the greatest tra- transition park skaters in the world, um, in my opinion, and he rides for Element, and then Hamana rides for Heart Supply, and he's actually number one in the world. He's ranked number one. And he's going to the Olympics, and so is Nigel, of course. Yeah. How, how do you get a, you know a guy you know like like a Nigel Houston? These guys, how do you get them under your under your wing and 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 things like that? You know, how did you connect it with? Tell tell us the story because you you're going to be humble here, but from what you we were talking about earlier, you you pretty much discovered him as well. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I discovered him, but I was the first guy to uh, invest in him. Um, what what happened was, I mean, the story on Nigel is it's actually quite simple. That someone called me and said, "Hey." Uh, there's this kid that lives up in NorCal. Um, his whole family skates, him and his brothers. Um, and his, he has a brother, well, all of his brothers were amazing. But Nigel's brother, his name's Abi. Um, he's older than Nye. And um, he was better than Nye at the time. And the whole family was amazing. So it was really like, oh, wow, there's this family that skates, like mm-hmm. a skateboarding family. And um, I, I, my buddy called me and he was telling me about it because he lived up there. Or he was up there visiting, I can't recall. Um, and he was like, and they all have dreads and they're like Rastas and they're like vegan and, and they're like, you know, and that's like being Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul and all this sort of tribal hip hop uh, movement. I, I, that was always like kind of on the tailwinds of everything I was sort of involved with. So that, that became like a really cool concept of like, I was already like, I hadn't even met Nigel and I was like, what? There's like a six-year-old kid and the whole family's like rastas and he's got dreads and like whoa this is cool like so um 
shortly after that, and I, I think was six, I met him and, and skated with him and saw him skate and all that. And his brother was two years older than him, I think. And the whole family, the dad, everybody skated. And we all just kind of connected. And um, like I said, everything I do is about the people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I obviously have an eye for talent. I mean, that's, you know, I'm not going to try to run from that fact because, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Like mm-hmm. the people that have written for my, the brands that I've had, been involved with over the years. And I don't know if that's because I have an eye for talent or maybe the talent has an eye for me because I'm an easygoing guy. I, I don't know. But uh, with Nye, um, uh, was really clear right, right, right away that he was incredible. Uh, I mean, it was just like at six years old, you were already like, whoa, I mean, this is pretty nuts. Hmm. This kid is on a whole other level. And then within within a couple years of that, he was just like the, the level of, of like progression was insane. I mean, he was just doing things on a skateboard that like were humanly impossible, physically impossible for a kid his size to do. Um, and every day was just another story of like, what? He did what? And, and, and his family, I think what made it interesting with Nigel is that his father especially knew about the history of skateboarding and knew how important street skating was, even though there were parks at the time. Nigel grew up street skating. So he really was a street skater. So his father would take him to street spots and taught him how to skate real handrails, not hmm. park rails, where there's a crack. It's a very big difference. There's a crack before the rail. And when you land, you got to like, there's cars moving around and people and horns and sirens and street skating is a whole different animal. Yep. You'll meet guys that terrorize a street, a, a park, like a local park. They're like the best guys ever. And you take that guy to downtown LA and he's toast. You know, he just can't hop on a rail. He just can't deal with the crack. The rail's sticky. There's not enough yeah. wax. And, you know, it's just a whole different hmm. g- deal. And I think basketball would probably be very similar. Street oh, yeah. ball, pickup ball versus playing in a stadium with people and everyone behind the you know, waving and the distractions and reporters and, you know, and I think that skateboarding is very similar. It's different, different kind of layers, but Nigel dominated all of them. He's able to, to get inside of his head and just shut everything out and just become at one with himself and his skateboard. And, and it's just like unbelievable. Yeah. Now, Camp, you and Camp skate together all the time. We talked about that. Camp, your son, um, and you and I just skate together. Um, mm-hmm. What is it like for Camp to be around a guy like him, to learn from someone like him? And how has it been, you obviously instructing him, but to have these other guys, these mentors around him that are trying to take his him to the next level as well? That's been crazy because... Well, I think the first thing I should say is I didn't push skating onto camp. Like, well, you know this well, because he was really into basketball and, mm-hmm. and, and baseball and football. And he really imagined himself, I, I think, and I know for sure my wife did, imagined, because he was really good, uh, being a ball player of some sort. Yeah. Um, and skating was almost like he just did it. He was around it. It was a part of our just our life, because I was the skater. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was the skater, just sort of like, one, it was like our means for income. And then two, it was just part of our life. You know, we're going to a trade show this weekend. We have to go to this contest. Dad's got to go to work. We're going to the X Games. Dad's got to go to work. We're going to Street League. Dad's got to go to work. We're going to downtown LA. Sorry, yeah. Camp, you're going to have to tag along because I got you for the day. And next <laughs> thing you know, he's downtown LA skating with Nigel Houston. 
and he's pushing Mongo and, you know, mall grabbing his board and, and hasn't really, doesn't even quite know what's going on around him, nor does he, he's not really starstruck by these guys because they're like part of our family. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the first thing that kind of maybe it wasn't forced on him and it felt very organic because it was almost like he was with his bigger brothers because Nigel and Tom Shar and Nick Garcia and these guys that are all like part of our team for our, through my whole life were like camp's friends, hmm. just the big brothers that he looked up to. So he kind of just started picking it up because of, uh, it was just around him. Yeah. And then I just started seeing it and just being like, Hey, you want to go roll? Like, let's go roll. And, he just go to the park with me and then he started kind of gaining interest in it. And then I'd say that where the, the turning point, uh, I don't even know where the turning point started. I think it was just really more of just like, he realized he was good at it. I, I know he really liked the independence yeah. of it. Just yeah. being able to do it whenever he wanted. Yeah. He doesn't like structure. Hmm. Yeah. I remember, I remember having that conversation with him a few years ago with, with you, him and Corey, uh, probably about three years ago and uh we were talking like man you know maybe you should try football or basketball or you know get into that a little bit more and he's like oh you know i'll try i like skateboarding a little bit but you know he was kind of like on the fence and then he got into you know a lot of the team sports and he was loving it but i would say when i started to notice it was probably yeah i would say probably a year and a half ago yeah he he really shifted and was like no i he he had the fingerboards a ton and he was just all yeah. about it and, and at first i i'd seen him with a fingerboard and it was kind of like oh yeah i used to have one when i was a kid you know and he had given me one and and then he just always had it and it was like it was always on his mind so i would say yeah i i, I started to notice the the shift with him and then this past year he started competing all the time and i yeah. was like okay yeah. and then just watching his you know videos on social media i'm like this kid's got it like, <laughs> he's yeah. he's fantastic I, I would actually say the fingerboard has a lot to do with what how what you know you talk about the trigger or the tipping mm-hmm. point he really got so it was almost like his version of a video game and he got so into fingerboarding i mean he was i mean sponsored by tech deck as a, a fingerboarder because he's so yeah. good at the fingerboard um, he got so into fingerboarding that it actually became like really his obsession with skateboarding because he was watching fingerboard videos all the time and learning all these tricks on a fingerboard and he definitely skated, but you know, the fingerboard is what like got him more into skateboarding and the video games too, like p- picking out his skater. Yeah. Element was, ex- was, and is extremely successful. What skater you sponsored would you say helped most to take element to the next level? Um, 100% Bam Margera. Yeah. Um, I would say off, you know, obviously after that is Nija, mm-hmm. which, you know, we've had a, I, I've had a lot of success with like, um, I guess passing the torch before the torch went out, the flame yeah. went out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, again, back to a lot of good timing, not necessarily planning. Cause right, you know, after Bam, there was a stint and Mike V and uh, a gentleman by the name of Chad Muska, yeah, Those oh, guys yeah. came on Element, um, and they, as Bam was sort of going down another, or going on a different path with and his sort of film career, and getting older and not being as as like as gnarly on a skateboard because he had a lot of other priorities at the, t- at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we transitioned into those guys, and then those guys, as they got a little older, you know, it's almost like you know, basketball team has to restart. Uh, Nigel came on. 
or he was already on, but he started coming into his own. He was on since he was six. But as those guys were like sort of kind of moving on or semi-retiring, let's say, then Nigel came through. But the guys that like put a massive spotlight on the brand on a, on a, on a different level was definitely Bam, who to this day I'm beyond grateful for what he has done or did for element. And we're to this, mm. you know, very close to this day. Um, and then obviously Nigel, but Bam had his TV show and movies. And obviously he was an incredible skateboarder on top of that. And then when we had our store in times square, um, Bam's show was, uh, you know, he's like a guest on TRL and mm-hmm. he, you know, MTV was very engaged with, of course. And our store was right under underneath MTV, uh, headquarters. Mm. So we were able to really like get sort of be involved with that, that MTV moment with the guys and bam and people going up and down the stairs and TRL was above us. So yeah. all the kids were like screaming and the element store was downstairs and then bam would show up and sign autographs. And it was just a madhouse. Wow. Yeah. He shut down the mall of America. So we did a demo at the mall of America and, um, this is a funny story is that uh, Mall of America had Britney Spears the like two or three days prior and they the whole mall was just just chaos and they were like you know had security out the frame and so on and then Bam and, and our team came and we warned them we were like hey we're coming and you you know you might want to beef up security they're like dude we had Britney Spears here like two days ago don't you worry about it we got this covered and we showed up and more people came to see us than Britney and the mall full blown got shut down. Security had to like get the guys out. It was like totally dangerous and the place was just completely insane. Wow. And it was the to this day it was the the largest skateboard demo in the history of skateboarding. More people showed up to watch that demo than ever. Wow. That's crazy. And shut the whole mall down. And the people were just like, Told you. I'm <laughs> sorry. This was no joke. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Man. And now you're into the next kind of phase. You're moving in and, and you've stepped down from Element. You, you kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. And moving into starting the Heart Supply. After 30 years of success with Element and just the growth and everything, what led you to start the Heart Supply? Um, you know, I think that like with Element, the <laughs> there's just a, you know you, you, I think I, I I've always been I, I'm all about progress I mean that's a, that's the first thing whether you know, I'm try to be at least and I think that there's also you know I'm getting older I'm creeping up on fifty and um, that's hard to think about and when I think of that I don't want to like be that guy that is a hanger honor. You know, like, yeah. I don't want to be that old guy at the skate company that doesn't know what's up. And I'm the founder kind of like walking through the halls and I don't want anybody feeling sorry for me. So that's one. Two, you know, uh, there's just a time and a place. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've mentioned Element, you know, was was sold and went public and then traded hands through banks and private equity. You know, 30-year-old company growing on that level. There's a lot of... Um, a lot of peaks and valleys and and a lot of corporate madness and stress and you know to maintain something like that especially if you're wired like I am more through emotion and yeah uh, through people and connectivity and more analog is what I call it 
Um, you just got to know when to like, I don't know, you know, you got to know when it's time to move on or, or not, you know, you don't want to fight that fight. Um, and also I don't want to hold anything back. I don't want, mm-hmm. I'm not th- there or here to hold anything down. And I believe wholeheartedly and engaging with the youth and listening to my team writers. Like that was just something that, you know, I've been watching this documentary on Netflix. I'm sure most, you, you guys have probably watched the whole thing, but the, the, the Jordan one, have you guys seen that yeah, one yet? Mm-hmm. The Last Dance. Yeah. The Last Dance, thank you. And, and Jordan said something that, that is just so powerful. And it's, you know, the, one of the owners of the company was talking about the, the inner workings of, of the Bulls and how important the management was. And everybody around the, sh- the Chicago Bulls and you, Jordan and, and management had a bit of a conflict there because he was like, hey, I, I respect behind the scenes 100 percent. I get it. And he does get it. But at the end of the day, you know, it's that team on the court that is 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 making it happen. Mm-hmm. And yes, the coach and the uh, from top to bottom, these people are critical to the success of the organization. But, you know, let's not lie to ourselves. Jordan and then the guys are the ones that are winning those games. Yep. And to me, that's skateboarding. It's about these kids. It's these kids, and I'm not that kid. It's these kids. Mm-hmm. And with, with Element moving with the heart supply, I knew that back to like what I can and can't control. And what I can control is the heart supply and listening to these kids, especially when I have one and two of them that, that I'm listening to. And I'm like, hey, this isn't... Like I'm watching the industry evolve. I'm watching music evolve. I'm watching TikTok and Instagram and, and YouTube. And I'm like seeing it all happen before my very eyes. And I know that I'm not that guy. So like, why wouldn't I share that knowledge and the wisdom and all these experiences and, and all this with the youth and listen to them and implement it into this business and if I can't do that at Element or other organizations, because, you know, I've had offers through my life to do other things. But if they're not going to listen to what I think is the most critical key piece to the whole machine, mm-hmm. which is actually like five guys, it's really that simple. Like I blows my mind that it, it's not that complicated. And that seems to be the most complicated thing in any large organization is like if you work at Apple you know where to go, like the programmers, right? Like the guys yeah. that build the software mm-hmm. and make the hardware for these things. Like it doesn't matter what happens in a board meeting. Like these guys don't even know how to turn their phones on, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I, have, I, I know I talk a lot, but I have a, great, a funny analogy that I think about often. <laughs> these, are the things, these are the things I think about. A mattress, right? You know how like they make a mattress and it doesn't have a handle on the side of it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, dude, why isn't there a handle on this mattress? And I can tell you why. Because everyone that makes the mattress doesn't carry them. Like every guy in the boardroom has never lifted a mattress in his life. They all have movers, right? So all these guys that own, you know, Sleep Mastercraft or whatever the heck these things are all called, none of these guys have ever picked up a mattress in a day in their life. And if they did, it was so long ago, they don't remember what it was like. So the idea of putting a handle on a mattress is inconceivable because of what it would mean to the bottom line and their mortgage and their private jets and 
do you know, Bob, how much it would cost to put a handle on that mattress? And Bob's like, dude, I got to lift this thing. Of course, I know what it means, but like it's worth the nickel. And to me, that's our industry. You're like, dude, put a handle on the mattress. And all these guys are sitting in a meeting for like 95 hours talking about mattresses and they, they just refuse to put a handle on it. Well, to me, the riders are the handle. Like, just stick a handle on the mattress. Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you listening to these people? Like, why aren't you letting them drive the brand? Like, let them win. Yeah. And that's the Chicago Bulls and that's, that's skateboarding. And so with Heart Supply, it was about, I want to listen to these kids because I'm not the guy anymore. And I want to be able to create a platform to where these young people, not only the team riders, but the consumers, the retailers, everybody in the world can have an input and an impact on what I actually don't know. And I have the, but I have the resources and the, and the, I'm subjective enough to be able to apply it to the brand. And then most importantly, give back. So with the heart supply, the critical, most important thing is that I felt that at this point in my career, although Element is probably the most giving company of all skateboard companies of all time, to me, it's still not enough. And I was like, well, I want to start something from the beginning that it is completely founded on giving. Because Element wasn't founded on that. I mean, it's founded on a lot of things and, and team and a lot of different things because I was young and had mm-hmm. a different vision of what, what that might be. But with the Heart Supply, the entire company's foundation is built upon giving skateboards to kids. That is like literally the, the, the everything of the brand is we are going to make product in order to give away skateboards to kids. So for every time we make a money, we're going to give skateboards to kids and we're going to give as many away. And that's how we're going to measure our success. We're going to measure our success by the amount of skateboards we give to kids. Because the more skateboards we get under kids' feet, the more these kids stay out of trouble, the more they are doing something they love. And like when you give money to like a charity that you don't quite know where it goes, like let's just say you give money to the Red Cross, which is a great thing. You really don't mm-hmm. know if you're not like a part of the Red Cross. Mm-hmm, you don't yeah. really not, you don't necessarily know what's going to happen. And through my life, I've experienced that of like, I don't mind being philanthropic. I love it. But I like to know the result. And with giving away a free a skateboard to a kid, like I know 100% in my brain what that does. Like there's yeah. no question in my mm-hmm. mind what happens there. All the way from the first time they stand on it to when they get hooked on it and buy one. And so what it does to do hard supply that I find fascinating is that I wanted to come up with a way that it's like a sustainable environment. It's like planting a tree. You give the kid the skateboard. The person that gives them the skateboard is positive because the person that gives away a skateboard is obviously positive because they ride for heart. So they're already like instilled with positive ethos because they're part of this organization. Yeah. Which you can't be a part of it unless you're part of the, the system of what we do and how we think. So now the guy giving the board is like, hey, kid, here's a skateboard. And like the kid's like, oh, wow, like. I look up to you. And then like, I remember my first skateboard was given to me by Jagger Eaton. They're like, Jagger Eaton gave you your first skateboard? Yes. And it was free because they wanted me to skate and I didn't have a board. I didn't have that opportunity. And then that kid remembers that forever. And he's like, my first skateboard was a heart supply board given to me by Jagger Eaton. And then that creates this like sustainable situation because that kid becomes a skater. Mm -hmm. And then that skater finds music and then he finds fashion. And then he like, buys a skateboard and then more kids get on skateboards then like you just create this situation where you end up hiring because i've done this with element now it's incredible like 
you hire the kid you gave a first skateboard to. Wow. And that the to me circle. is possible. It's like, and then, mm. or that kid that you got the skateboard for goes and works for Red Cross because he has this way of thinking because of how he entered into the market. And what we need in the world is more skateboarders, in my opinion. So why not give them as many away as you possibly can? Because can you imagine? I feel like this is, <laughs> I can tell in just the way you're communicating it and the way you're talking about it. You know, obviously, I'm sure leading ele- leaving Element was extremely difficult. That was your baby, something you had invested so much in. But now this has kind of lit a new fire within totally. you to, to do something bigger and do something more than just focusing on yourself and your brand. Yeah. Obviously, you're passionate about your brand, but doing something for others, I think, shows humility. And um, I could definitely see the passion there. And and it's already going places and it's going to continue to go because of the vision that you have for that. Yeah, I hope so. So, you know, as we kind of wrap up a little bit, you know, we, we're talking about. Um, Thank you. you know, the, no, of course. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, you know, you're talking about uh, with your family and everything. Um, you know, it was like, oh, dad's doing work, you know, at, at Element, you know, and he's going to do this. And, you know, and, and then they kind of like followed, al- followed along. Now, as you, you know, moved into the heart supply it's really cool and it's unique that you've started this with your family. Just talk mm-hmm. about like, what does that mean to you to, to start a brand in, 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 in a new phase of life with your family now? Well, um, the first thing is, is with element to give my family credit, my wife, um, she started the element girls division, which actually at one point was bigger than the men's division. So I know what it's like to work with my wife. Um, and she was wildly successful with that. Um, and really grew up with me understanding element. Um, and then, you know, with camp, same kind of thing, because obviously he, his skateboarding ability and love for skateboarding is huge. And my daughter, Lennox, um, is like brilliant, um, like a total uh, bookworm. And, and um, she's, uh, I'm trying to find, academics. She's an academic, you know, and I'm not an academic at all. Right? So, um I think it was just like a natural thing because what we would do, you know, we're, we're kind of a funny family. We kind of like sit around and like judge and we're like, you know, we probably have a, like our own reality show. Cause all we could figure out was that everything was wrong. You know, as we would sit around and talk about where things were headed and when we would go to these parks and we would go and talk to these writers and talk to Nigel and talk to the, the, the retailer. Cause I like to go into a shop and, you know, it's funny because like I sit in a boardroom, you know, in these publicly publicly traded company environments or private equity. I'm mm-hmm. sitting in these boardrooms and talking to the consultants and things of that nature. And and then I walk into a core skate shop in, you know, Long Beach and that's the boardroom. Literally, <laughs> it's kind of the irony there. Right. Yeah. You know, you're li- you're sitting in a, you know, boardroom and you walk into a skateboard shop that's uh filled with skateboards it's the real boardroom yeah. and you're like yo guys get out of the boardroom and go to the the real boardroom because <laughs> that's where you're going to learn what's going on out there but you know i would i would go and we'd be in the skateboard shops and talking to these retailers and understanding the the issues happening within the industry and same with the, the athletes and so it was really it started out because heart supply was way less methodical it was more like a movement we kind of created like a posse 
so camp and all his buddies and me, we were hopping in the van and we were skating together and some guys rode for elements, some guys didn't. It was just like, we're a crew heart and we got heart and it was like, we're doing it with heart. It was just kind of a thing. And we liked the idea of like it made with heart and we're doing this from our hearts. And like, it was like a natural name too. the naming was like more of like, like almost not thought about. Um, and then, you know, another fast one would, would be that when I was, when I was coming up with all this with my family, the first thing I did that was very unelement of me was like, I don't want to think about any of this. Like, I'm tired of thinking of, of like the complexities of a logo, the complexities of the name, like, you know, coming up with like marketing copy and all these shenanigans. Like I've been through that for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing I was, was like, I don't want to do anything that I don't want to think about this. I just want to think about skateboarding and the streets and the kids and like, let's just, it's heart. It's easy. Like it says, it says you don't, you don't need a mission statement. You know, they'll spend, you know, getting into some corporate stuff, but I've literally sat in like 60 day, like meetings about like a mission statement. And then you finish your brand book about your brand. And like, you've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions of hours and, You've got this brand book now with a mission statement and all these key words and colors, stories and la la la. And then like everybody walks away, kicking their heels. And then no one even breaks the binder of the book. No one reads it. No one sees it. And then the worst part, no one practices it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to me, it was like, okay, well, we'll call it heart because like no one's going to argue that. Like if you don't have heart, you're not part of heart. Like you don't need a mission statement because it's made with heart. Like if you, we, we don't have to talk about it anymore. That meeting's over. Yeah. Next agenda. What's the logo? It's a heart. Okay. So can we put it on anything that's negative? No, doesn't fit. Sorry. Like I don't imagine a heart on that because it doesn't have heart. So the heart was just like, all right, let's write. What's the most recognized logo that I'm never going to have to think about again and have to like, uh, let's just do a heart. Do we need to trademark that? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> yeah. like not trademarkable. Um, it's a heart. <laughs> you know, what color are we going to make it? I don't know. Let's, let's talk about red. red. <laughs> okay, moving on to the next subject. When do we get out of this van and go skate? <laughs> so that was kind of like the, the, like, let's create a movement. Let's all go have some fun. Let's be, let's, let's create a safe environment for our kids to be in the van and, and these type of things. And um, that became heart. And it was just a family kind of agenda. And then it kind of like, uh, honestly, COVID happened. That was like a big one. COVID mm-hmm. kind of went down and the world started getting crazy. And we were like, let's make this thing real. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's firm this up. You know, I kind of made my decision with Element. Element had made its decision with me. <laughs> and so, or I should say corporate made its decision. And so, you know, I just was like, let's, let's do this. That's so cool. Yeah. Now, as we wrap this up, you know, we, we like to give our guests kind of opportunities to talk about what's going on. So share with us, what does the future hold for the heart supply? Um, I know it's funny. I wish there was a clock in here. I feel like I, I'm not sure if I've been in here for four hours or an hour and a half. <laughs> if I've set some world record for the longest podcast, I just get so caught up in everything. I'm, as you can see, I'm like, just passionate about every, I everything I talk about. I just get into it. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like the, the first thing that's important to me is 
in this day and age when it comes to business, so I'll turn this into a bit of a business course. I, I'm very, very, very uh, stern, I suppose, about simplification, simplifying everything in life. Because I, I know what it's like to have a complicated, very uh, layered life, layered management, lots of things to do lists, lots of employees, lots of agendas, and you know, I, even to a certain degree, lots of goals. And I've, I've just kind of gotten to a point where I, I feel like, you know, um, I always use analogies, but like they, they invented the spoon allegedly a long time ago. I've heard the story. There was like a gigantic log and they started making a spoon. And then the spoon got really good. They could fit in your mouth. You could like drink soup from it. Like it's <laughs> legit spoon yeah ice cream you name it everything right but allegedly i've heard there's improvements being made on the spoon still to this day the spoon is still not perfect from what i can tell they're still making spoons and they're still making them better and i'm not sure when they're going to master the art of the spoon but it's been going on for i'm going to guess maybe a couple thousand years i don't even know yeah i thought they solved something with the spork but. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, <laughs> right? They're still going. <laughs> They're still making it, right? So I, I feel like, you know, that's one piece of utensil. It's just the spoon. We haven't gotten into the knife and the, the, the spork and all that. So I, I kind of look at heart like a spoon. And it's like, how simple can I make this business? Like, how, how, how easy can we make this for the consumer how easy can we make this for the, the, the retailer, like myself, my family? Hmm. Like, why is everything so complicated? And I, I'm just fascinated by, this is like my new fascination. Of like, why, how did everything get so crazy? And why is it so crazy? And why are there so many people here, like within a business? And why do we have all this stuff? Why do I walk in a closet and there's so many supplies in here? Do we need all this stuff? Like, what, what's going on right now? So much waste. Waste in mind, waste in time, waste in resources. Like, since when did we make hacky sacks and rails and pants and underwear and, like, high heels and sunglasses? And, like, what happened to the T-shirt and the deck? Wasn't that good enough? Yeah. Huh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so my, 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 my thing with heart is, like, I want to focus on quality of life and quality of like who we are and what we stand for. And to me that that is way bigger of a challenge than like how much crap can you make and how much crap can you sell and how many stories can you tell? To me it'd be like, "Hey, can you just tell one story right? Let's start with that." Cuz I don't think there's a whole lot of brands that can. I don't think there's a whole lot of brands that can say they've mastered the art of the spoon. They're just they're like hmm. instead of mastering that they move on to like, oh yeah, let's do the Q7. It's got a sixth row. And that's why I have so much respect for Porsche because they stick to the 911. You know, ultimately, they, 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 the foundation of that brand yeah, is, yeah. is the, nine, the 911. They've got other stuff, but they've done a pretty darn good job of keeping it yeah. to the spoon. And, I, and that's my goal with Heart is like, we want to give away skateboards to kids and we want to keep it simple and we want to change kids' lives. And what can we make with respect to product that's completely authentic to skateboarding that ultimately gives us the power to give more skateboards to kids? And to me, that's just make skateboards and 
you know, t-shirts and fleece. And how simple can we make that? You know, someone I consider a mentor says, be rich in life, not rich in money. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really cool to see you trying to take that to this company and then invest in people. I think unfortunately people have to be rich in money to realize you need to be rich in life and it's Hmm. too bad people can't figure that you know the cart before the horse but yeah most people that will tell you that analogy probably were rich in life are rich in money first and so then they're able to dish out that advice which is true true advice and and i i want so badly for people to understand that because it's the the best advice any kid could get Hmm. man this has this been is, fantastic. This is a really good one. I really, I really, I really like this. Oh, you know what we should do real quick before we okay. go? Because I know we're wrapping up. I brought you guys some, some gifts. Oh, so wow. I wasn't Santa sure. I was early. figured you were a medium. You're right. Yeah. Wow. So you're a medium. And then you're, I was going to, like, you were a tough one. I was like, large or extra large? I'm going XL. large. Oh. XL. Well, you can, I'll get you another one. All right. But you can keep that one and give it to somebody. And then, there you go. So heart shirts. Early Christmas. Oh man, Christmas came. Christmas. We're not mad, and I brought Christmas. Element too because we're not mad at Element. <laughs> no, no, we no, love Element. Christmas. Element is awesome. We got that man. Yeah. Oh man, some stickers. Now, now we. I wish we were on YouTube or something right now. <laughs> so we yeah, could yeah we could see cool all this. Gear I'm not, right g- now. not giving you the best camps back to school backpack. So. Okay, we're not gonna take that. We're not gonna take that one. Wow. Man, well, we appreciate that. Yeah, I'll get you those. Nah, I appreciate that. I'm, the I'm, merch. And uh, if those of you who are listening, you can get uh, some of the Heart Supply merch on your website. Theheartsupply.com. Yeah. Heartsupply.com. Yeah. And Check our, it out. Uh, at the Heart Supply um, is our Insta. And then I'm at Johnny Schillereff. All right. Yeah, Always know where to find you. Awesome to support a good cause there. So Thank seriously, you. Johnny, we really appreciate you coming on and being with us. This has been a blast. I've been having fun. I love it. I love talking, as you can tell. That's right. <laughs> like I said, I don't get out a lot. <laughs> I found the right show to be a part of. That's right. Well, thank you guys so much for being a part of another episode of Water Break. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Water Break. New episodes are released every Monday. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button to be notified when a new episode is available. As you continue to listen to the podcast, we would love to hear from you. If you'd like to get feedback on the show or you have a topic you'd like us to discuss, send an email to waterbreakpod at gmail.com. Once again, that's waterbreakpod at gmail.com. We'll see you on the next episode of Water Break. Stay hydrated.